everybody. Welcome back to the H&H &H Hour. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're glad that you have. My name is Heather Taves, and I am one of the hosts of this show, and my sister Heidi is the other host, and she's sitting right beside me. Hi, listeners. Thanks for joining us. We're excited for this fun episode. When we first started this podcast, we're coming up on two years, which is so cool. Hello. Crazy. Awesome. I know. Awesome. Um, when we first started this, our husband said to us, don't box yourselves in. Mm -hmm. Don't say this is just a podcast for moms or this is just a podcast for women because right. the gospel and... Um, People feeling ordinary is is crosses gender lines, yes. right? So we said, okay, good advice. We'll do that. Mm -hmm. Well, but we're women and we're moms, and so we naturally fall into that whole idea of what it, it means to be Speaking a woman. Speaking of chicks, yeah. yes. But the other day, um, our men said, hey, we think that you should do a series geared towards men. Yeah. You know, called Ordinary Men. Yes. And so that's what we're doing. Yeah. And I'm so excited about it because... Really, it will it helps us get that whole thought process through that everyone struggles with feeling ordinary, mm -hmm. not just women, not just moms. And what is it like to hear from men who struggle with this on a daily basis? And that your husband said that he said every single day mm -hmm. I struggle with this. Yes. So um, these episodes that we're going to air are going to be all from men mm -hmm. that we respect and men who have stories to tell. And it's going to just, I think, really encourage everyone. Women are going to be just like, wow, those are awesome men. Yes. And the men are all going to feel like they can relate to what they have to say. Heather, I love this concept so much because I think, you know, God is so intentional about the fact that he created men and women so unique. Yes. And the fact that we need each other's strengths mm -hmm. in order to help bring balance and help help us accomplish the goals that he's got for us. Right. And one of my favorite things about podcasting is giving men actually the space to speak. Mm. Because you know if you if you're in a public setting if you watch mm -hmm. so often um sometimes the women do dominate the yeah. conversation and so you know that there's these men with these just wealth of knowledge. Mm -hmm. And wisdom, and so often they don't have the platform. Can I speak to that for just yeah. a moment? If you're a woman and you've maybe you've never even recognized that you take up all the airspace, hmm. step back and stop talking for a moment hmm. and see what your man has to say. Because here's what I've found as I've as I've led people and as I've watched people, the men who are really quiet usually have the best things to say. Yeah, they just don't have the space to say it because you've taken it all up. Ooh, Heather's stepping on some toes. Okay, so yeah, so we're in this Ordinary Men's series. Mm -hmm. I think this is going to be really important. So men, our men listeners, we want to acknowledge you in this series. We want you to know that this is a space for you. We are so grateful. We hear from many of you that you listen. You listen when it's a chat. You listen mm -hmm. when it's a chick. You listen when it's mm -hmm. a guy. Mm -hmm. And so we just want to say thank you. Yeah. And we want to continue hearing your feedback about mm -hmm. this podcast. Mm -hmm. um, and we're just excited to kind of dedicate these episodes yeah. to you guys. Yeah, to all our men and listeners. To, yeah, to the fact that you guys make our lives better. Mm -hmm. So, Heather, I'm excited for our guest today. Yes, you want to introduce so, him? I do. Okay. Um, so this particular guest is someone that back in the summer, my brother was in town and it was a unique situation. Right. He was in town with a group of his coworkers, and they were um, doing a team building experience mm -hmm. 
where they were visiting the hometown of a few of the guys that work together. Yep. Now, this company is based in Texas, and so there were, I don't know, 10 or 12 guys mm -hmm. at my parents' pool. We had a cookout. And they had asked us to come over to meet their coworkers and just to, you know, get to know the people they work with. Right. Which well, I thought was yeah. a super cool concept. Really cool idea. Yeah. So we're there. It's a Sunday afternoon. And I struck up a conversation with this gentleman. Okay. This guy you didn't know. This, yeah, seemingly, you know, random guy that right. I, had, I had no idea who he was other yep. than that he worked with our brother Matt. Right. And Heather, I was so struck by his willingness to tell his story. Mm. And I loved it. Okay. Because he just started pouring his just his heart out about how he met Jesus and mm -hmm. what God had brought him through. And I said to him, you have got to be on my podcast. Mm -hmm. And he kind of looked at me like, okay, you might be crazy. I know. No one is safe around us. No. <laughs> no. And then I think he remembered like, you are the sisters that podcast. Oh, no. Oh, no. What have I um, done? But he was so gracious and he agreed to be a guest. And um, so I would like to welcome to the podcast, Chad Turner. Welcome to the H&H &H Hour. Thank you for having me. We are pumped to have you. Well, uh, well, thank you. It was a, a, an awesome conversation. I remember it very specifically out in summer. So it was good to meet you guys too. And, and uh, you guys aren't shy about talking either. So uh, we had a great conversation. So it, it was kind of funny. Your boss, who I've actually known for basically my entire lifetime, Drew, he looked at me afterwards and he said, did you just con him into being on your podcast? And I said, yes, Drew, I did. I said, and you better watch out because you'll be next. So, so yeah, we're, we're super That's excited great. to host you, Chad. I think this is going to be a really fun conversation. Yeah, I'm excited. Okay. So, um, obviously I don't know you real well. And our listeners don't know you. So tell us a little bit just about yourself. Well, um, I met uh, I met Drew, the boss that uh, that knows your brother Matt real well, uh, at a small Christian school in Ohio called Cedarville. And uh, when I uh, when I left home and went to school, I went to the small Christian school and ultimately met my wife there, Abby. Okay. Um, and uh, my beautiful wife, and we've been married since uh, I guess it's been a little over eleven years now. Congrats! Uh, so since 2017, yeah, or 2007. Thank you. And uh, we have. Uh, one little girl, she's going to be, uh, four in December <laughs> and then, and then we have a, a baby son that's coming, uh, in just a couple of days or, or something close to that, at least, um, her due date's on Friday. So uh, okay. it's been, it's been really, uh, really terrific. And then, um, and then we, we lost a son last year <laughs> in September. Um, so, uh, we've, we've had those three, three kiddos. Wow. Um, Okay, so if Abby's water breaks, we will let you pause this episode. <laughs> All right, thank you. Okay. Uh, she, she's the only one that can get through my do not disturb on my cell phone, so. I love it. I love it. So, Matt, if you're listening, do not call Chad right now. So, okay, so, Chad, I, wanted, I want to talk a little bit later in this podcast about the loss of your son last year because I think that's such a unique topic to hear a man speak on. Um, but before we jump to that... Um, we ask every single guest two questions, and it's the whole premise of this podcast, which is the fact that really ordinary life is extraordinary. And so we want to hear from you from a guy's perspective. What about yourself or your life feels ordinary? Uh, well, actually an awful lot, um, you know, from uh, even from the sense that 
you know, we live in the suburbs and, you know, we drive Fords and Toyotas and, um, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, we do uh, soccer on Saturday mornings with our daughter and, you know, she goes to preschool throughout the week. I mean, everything feels fairly, fairly ordinary. Even my neighbors, you know, I feel like my neighbor next door is just Chad in 30 years and my neighbor across the street's a, gump, a grumpier version of myself in 15 years. And uh, <laughs> I, I feel like, uh, I, f- I feel like everything's rather ordinary. Um, job, I, all, all of it. Yeah. I, I think every single listener is nodding mm-hmm. going. Yeah. Same. I, he's talking about my life right now. Yes. Yeah. I have never, never heard anyone say that about their neighbors before. And I absolutely love it. <laughs> My neighbors just flashed through my mind, and I was like, oh, my goodness, that is me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Okay, so then on the flip side, what about you is extraordinary? Well, um, that's an awfully challenging question. Uh, Certainly, from a community sense, um, that's always been something that's been important to me and and Abby both, and we both sought it out. we, we were actually recently just talking. In fact, we were, we were sharing our, our story about uh, the son we lost last year with our church this last weekend. And uh, we were thinking back through the community that we have. Um, and and we've really sought it out. And the Lord's been so gracious to give us community um, really ever since we've been married. Uh, we've never had a time where we've uh, just been without and been and been lonely, um, mm. which is, is pretty incredible. Um to look back and have seen God's hand and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think community's always been important to me. Um, it's not it out. And then um, something that's really strange about me is that um, I'm fairly empathetic. So I can, I can see uh, emotions in other people and even feel them really. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in, in myself, I have a really hard time kind of feeling my own emotions and, and being able to put words to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but whether it's getting swept up in a, a movie or, or a book or even, um, you know, having coffee with a friend or, or, uh, or, you know, at church talking to a couple, whatever the case may be, I can, I can feel the emotions of the other people. I just can't, can't put words to my own. That's how it feels. Mm. At least. I can relate to that so much, Chad. I think that's, you just described me, really. I, I feel like that's such a gift to be able to see it in other people, to see other people's feelings and hearts and their emotions and to be able to empathize with them. But the struggle is, isn't it, that it's hard for us to put words to our own emotions and almost even just face our own emotions. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Face it is the, that's the right word. So I want to pick up on something that you said about community. And I think this is so key. Um, you said that this is so valuable to you, uh, but you said I, we sought it out. And I think so often with community, people just want it to happen, mm. but they're not willing to put the work in. They're not willing to seek it out. Mm. And I love that you said that. Can you talk a little bit about what that looked like? Uh, well, um, the church that we were in Phoenix um, – when, when we were first married, we, we did one year in college, uh, had a couple of good good friends that we, you know, lived nearby and got married nearby. But when we moved to Phoenix, a brand new city, um, we found a church uh, the second weekend we were there. We went to uh, the first church we went to wasn't quite the right fit. And then the second one, we just loved it. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, God was gracious to put us in the right place. And uh, and right after service, we went and talked to somebody about, about finding a small group, a life group, they called them there. Mm-hmm. Um and, uh, and we went to a life group that following week, um, on a Wednesday night. And so at, at that point we, we did life with those folks for, um, 
five years in total. And, uh, and then even inside of that, we were helping out the high school ministry and, and just uh, fell in love with, with another group of folks that, that loved the Lord and displayed it in a passion that we hadn't experienced yet, I think, hmm. um, in, in other individuals. And um, we're, we're really um, just blown away by what that kind of community felt like, community that lives so far below the surface and, um, and community where, um, you know, discussion about the Lord or um, discussion about, um, you know, what's not going well. Uh, that kind of discussion was was on the regular, and uh, that's that's not always been the case for community um, in our past experience. So we love that. And then when we moved to Texas, um, we found a church. Uh, we go to the the Village Church, which we had experienced via podcast already, and so we tried it out and loved it. And um, really, within two weeks, they were having a, a, a what they call group connect, and we got plugged in real quickly there too. So um, it's. You know, all of those first experiences, when you first go to a, a new home group or a life group, it's pretty awkward. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think to your point earlier, even uh, speaking about the difference between men and women and that we complement one another, um, my wife and I do that very well. She's she's very bubbly, and she's, she's, uh, she's, she's just really fun to be around, uh, and we both really enjoy... Um, even breaking down into small groups like two two couples or, you know, even just one couple and, and driving below the surface. And that's something that's always been important to us. And so we've made it a priority um, to plan and schedule those things. Um, you know, we, we often say, um, hey, let's let's get together sometime. But actually putting a date to it is uh, it's kind of become a joke um, in our home group. You know, when we say it, and I said, well, let's put a date to it. So, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, just planning it and doing it. Oh, I love that so much. I think that is so powerful. And I really think that if we did more of that, man, we would have um, so much more unity in our neighborhoods and in our churches and in our country because we'd be sitting face to face with people, right? And not just waving at them as we say goodbye to them on Sunday mornings and walk out the door with each other or in the school pickup line. And I love that you that you jumped in, even though, you know, you said they're awkward. Those mm-hmm. first moments are awkward and they're scary, but that's what the Acts church looked like, right? That's what the, the beginning of what we all know now as the church, that's what they did. They did life with each other. They ate meals together. They celebrated, they mourned, they did everything, not just the, the things that were easy. So well done. That's so awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Lord, Lord's been gracious in that to, to give that to us every place we've gone. Well, and it's just, it's super encouraging, Chad, to hear um, from a guy's perspective to say things like, you know, we talk about the things that are well below the surface. We talk about things that aren't going well. Um, What a vulnerable place to be, you know, as a man, but just as a human to go, this is my struggle. You know, this week, this is my sin. You know, this is what, this is what's tripping me up. And taking me away from the face of God and taking me away from the face of my people. And I mean, I think that's just such a powerful thing. I hope that every listener's just picked up on that wisdom that mm-hmm. you just put down, because I think that that is so key in us actually living out the gospel mm-hmm. is that we're real with each other about what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so you shared a little bit, just briefly, you mentioned that you and your wife walked through losing a child last year. Can you share that story with us? Yeah, definitely. In uh, July of 2017, um, 
we found out we were pregnant with our second. And uh, for me, it was actually a, a very large surprise. Not that we, uh, not that it should have been, maybe, but uh, <laughs> but uh, it, w- it was quite the surprise, and we we're both excited, uh, you know, for sure. And um, within like the first five weeks of finding out, uh, there were a couple of scares. Um, and uh, we, every time there was a scare, we'd go into the doctor and uh, we'd do a sonogram and, and they would, uh, you know, check Abby out. And, and they would ultimately say that these were expected things that, uh, you know, it wasn't a concern. Um, and uh, this happened ultimately, I think, about six or seven times. Mm-hmm. And then um, my wife, uh, in late September, uh, she's, she's got a really good friend. Uh, named Laura uh, that she's known since college. In fact, she was in her wedding. And her and her husband, uh, well, he's in the Marines, and so they travel all the time. They're always moving to different places and different things like that. And so he uh, wanted Abby to help schedule for him a uh, ladies, like, um, you know, weekend out for her birthday. And so uh, Abby was in charge of that. They were all flying in, and then they were driving to Waco, Texas. We, we live in, uh, in Dallas-Fort Worth. And, uh, and, you know, Waco, of course, is where the silos for Magnolias. And so they yes. were pumped and excited about that. And the morning that those ladies were going to arrive, Abby had, um, you know, the same type of complication that she'd been having. And so she, um, she you know, we, we scheduled a last-minute thing in the doctor, and she went to the doctor. Again, the same exact thing. Sonogram, everything looks fine. And, um, you know, for, for me, um, even at this point, it was such a realization that um, – there's, there's not anything that I could do hmm. um, outside of just uh, support my wife, love her, uh, you know, and, and call out to the Lord. There's, there's no control there. There's no, like, um, there's no worrying that can be done. Hmm. Uh, it's, it's a really, um, especially, you know, I, we didn't talk about my job, but I, you know, at that time, especially, I, I was in charge of a lot. Yeah. Um, and I have so much control in my daily life, uh, or, or it feels like it, right? Um, we feel like we do. Um, yet in this, like there's just no control, uh, none. And, uh, I mean, that's a gracious reminder, which we can talk about too. But, um, so that morning, you know, she went to the doctor, got checked out, everything was okay. Uh, so they said, and, and then I said, well, you need to ask him if it's okay for you to travel. And, and so she did. And the nurse said, really, there's just nothing. If, if anything's wrong, there's nothing you can do to exasperate it. So, Hmm. um, so she went to Waco, um, and then she, she woke up the next morning, uh, about 5, 5.30 a.m., uh, with pains, and they progressed, and she realized they were actually labor pains. Mm. And so at this point, it's been 14 weeks. He's, he was 14 weeks in a couple of days. Mm. And so she calls me, and they're heading to, uh, to the hospital, you know, and they start out in the ER, and then by the time I get there, we, we transition up to labor and delivery. And, and um, so she, you know, miscarried, and... Uh, God was good in that moment because we got to meet him. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to hold him. Uh, we got to find out that it was a him because mm-hmm. um, we hadn't yet. Um, and uh, we got to name him. And we named him Elkin Gill. Uh, and Elkin means he belongs uh, to God. Wow. And Gill means joy. And uh, yeah, um, so that was 14 weeks. And then we had a memorial for him on his due date, which was in April, April 4th. That was a really special time to uh, gather our community, our close community, and um, uh, pray and, um, you know, share some things that the Lord had done in our hearts. And um, we also built a, uh, uh, we 
took stones. Abby had been going through uh, several studies at the time, particularly one was Joshua. Hmm. And, uh, and so uh, that was a pretty meaningful time for her, obviously. And uh, so she, uh, she and I took stones and we, we wrote attributes about God on the stones and we um, you know, made a pile of them, uh, similar to what the Israelites had done. And uh, yeah, and so we, we spent that time together on his memorial, which was April 4th. Wow, Chad. That's first of all. I'm I'm just so sorry that you guys had to walk through that with the loss of your son. And but I am immensely proud of you. I'm like feeling this sister pride in my heart for you, of just um, your wisdom in the way it sounds like you you dealt with it and led your wife through it. It sounds like you did. Um, a phenomenal job. Thank you. I actually have a lot to thank of Jen Wilkin. Um, she, uh, Abby was going through two studies for, of Jen's and at the time, uh, the Lord spoke to her through that. And, and really she, she and I were sp- spoken to by Jen through that, um, mm-hmm. in a pretty marvelous way. Uh, the, the Lord, um, just had a plan for, for her to be going through those studies right then and there. And yeah, uh, yeah we're grateful for that. Wow. Don't you love how the Lord lines that all up? You know, when you're obedient to get into his word and to pursue the things of God, he prepares it. He lines it all up for us. And yeah. and I think what a what a comfort and what a joy when we do that. When Because our act is the act of obedience, of being in his word and of being connected to him. And then he takes care of the rest. He takes care of the details. Yeah. Amen. We, we talk about his word being living and active, and that is... Exactly, um, exactly what I think that means, and that it it, it knows where we are and uh, is able to to cut so wow. and uh, to heal. Yeah. Did you? So, on a real personal note, did you walk through any anger or hurt after the loss of your son? Um. Yeah. Certainly. Um. In the sense of just just being confused, and um, you know, there's always a. a a moderate amount of questioning, you know, and, uh, for, for, for me, um, I, I had a pretty easy childhood. Um, I, I don't have any suffering in my past really to speak of. Um, you know, I'm sure we all do to a degree, but, um, this really rocked my world and made me question a lot of things. I'm pretty analytical and, and, and so for, for, for me, it started on a head level more than a heart level, I think at first. And, uh, and for me, just wondering uh, really big questions like, do infant, you know, do infants go to heaven? Yeah. Um, is is our baby in heaven with God right now? Um, and uh, and then you know, questions about if God says He's good, like, what does this mean? You know, mm-hmm. and um, and yeah, certainly, we actually have a, a, a cool story about that. Is at our church, we had a uh, we we have a woman that runs our kids' village. Uh, we call it, but it's the the first graders through the fifth graders, um, on Sunday mornings. And she runs, uh, that piece of it. Uh, when we, when she had found out we were going through things, she reached out to Abby and was, was asking if she could do anything. And, and, uh, we shared with her that we were wondering about whether or not infants go to heaven. And so she actually dug into books, uh, and came over about 48 hours later and came over and sat with Abby. And, uh, she had, I, I think like 10 or 11 books with her and, uh, three yeah. or four articles printed out. And she had read those books um, in that 48-hour span and, wow. uh, and pieced together the books that she thought would be helpful to us. And, uh, and that, was, that was really meaningful. But 
Um, but yeah, there were certain certainly questions about, um, you know, is God who He says He is, and things like that. And um, I think I think it's a gift to dig into that. Um, I think in a lot of ways that's the only way to dig into those types of questions. Sometimes is for God to um, to remind you that you're not in control, and to remind you that um, what we think is good. Um, isn't always what he he thinks is good, and, and oftentimes what we call a blessing is truly a distraction. Um, you know, our our hearts can be idol factories. Mm-hmm. So um, that's, that's powerful. That's so powerful. I find it interesting that you said you didn't really experience much suffering growing up, um, but yet here you are as an adult facing this extreme suffering. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've been talking a lot about suffering in our circles and our community. And really, so often that suffering is there because we are following so closely after Jesus mm. and we're in, we are to emulate him. And so as we're following so closely after him, you know, follow the leader. When you follow the leader, you do what they do. And Jesus suffered, you know, an immense amount of suffering when he was here on earth. And, we're called to that. He tells us that we will have suffering. And so really, and it sounds like you've picked up on this too, is that in our suffering, it's how do we walk through it? Do we walk through it in in a despondent way or do we walk through it recognizing that, that we're called to suffering and it's, it's meant to, to point us to Jesus and the fact that we are following so closely behind him. Yeah. Well said. That's right. So Chad, when you're, so as you had, you know, obviously walking your wife through this immense grief, do you feel like it was difficult to keep your marriage strong through that? Or do you feel like it brought you guys closer together, happen to go through that suffering together? Um, I, I would say it brought us closer together, uh, but I could see how easily the opposite could happen. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's, um, I mean, to get real per- personal, there's a, there's a temptation to figure out who to blame, you yeah. know, um, and there's a temptation to, to to push away and to be angry and to to try to piece all of that together separately because it's easier to do it in our own heads rather than uh, to voicing it. Um, yeah. And and really early on, um, I I don't know if somebody had said it to me or if, or if you know the Holy Spirit was just printing in my heart. I knew that we wanted to get to a place to where we celebrated Elkin rather than mourned him every time we spoke of him. And obviously we're sad, uh, so sad and wish, you know, we could, um, spend time with him. You know, we wish we could, I wish I could tell him I was proud of him, you know, and I want all of that. But on the other side of that, I want to be able to celebrate, uh, the fact that he lived and that we got to meet him. Um, and then we got to name him. And, and those are, um, those are celebrations too. And for, for some reason, the Lord had placed it on my heart quickly to, to want to get to that place. And so, um, I know there's times that Abby didn't want to talk and, and I probably pushed, um, pushed in a good way sometimes and maybe in a bad way, but, um, but we, we talked a lot about it. You know, we shared our hearts, we prayed together. Uh, we cried a lot together. Um, mm. so. Wow. Okay. So tell us about Abby. You mentioned earlier that she's so bubbly. Um, so tell us about your wife. What's she like? Um, well, she is, um, the very opposite of me. Um, she, um, is, is really good at, uh, seeing everything at once, uh, but not necessarily being able to focus on one thing for a long period of time. Um, here's a great example of cleaning. She'll, 
She'll clean the house and she'll clean um, 12 places, but not fully clean any of them. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm, I'm the very opposite of that. Um, uh, my, my weakness in that is that I, I can hear only one thing at once. So if, if I'm doing something and she's saying, I, I can't even hear her in the background. I'm so focused on one thing. Um, and she sees everything all at once. And, uh, uh, that's powerful for, for our marriage because she's able to see things from a much bigger point of view than I do most of the time. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and unless God's being gracious to me, I, I really see just right in front of myself most of the time. And, uh, and so she's good at seeing, uh, the big picture. Uh, she's a really terrific mom. She's thoughtful with the, the ways that she, she talks to Aria, our daughter, and she's thoughtful with the ways that she disciplines, um, and, you know, we have a lot of good dialogue about that. Um, she's super intelligent, um, and she, uh, she, she loves people, um, and, uh, yeah, we're, we're very different, and we complement each other well, I think, um, but it also leads to most of our strife, which mm-hmm. is good, too. Don't you love how Jesus does that, how he puts us with someone that's complete opposite of us, that we're just like, what What are you doing? I don't understand you at all. <laughs> and yet their strengths just help us become so much stronger in our own strengths. That's right. I love hearing, I love hearing you talk about your wife mm-hmm. because my husband says this a lot. He says, you know, I think men don't maybe get enough credit for how much they adore their wives. Hmm. You know, there's all of this talk about how there's so much temptation out there and how guys are always tested and tried. And he's like, really, we're thinking about our wife all the time. Mm -hmm. He's like, we think they are like the ultimate. Hmm. And so I love hearing, like, I'm just grinning hearing you talk about Abby because um, that just proves that his point is correct. Yeah. And and I think for Abby to hear you say those words over her in a public forum, mm-hmm. how powerful. Mm-hmm. Because on those days that the enemy tries to come against her and say, Abby, you're not a very good mom. Mm-hmm. Abby, you're just falling short today as a wife. You know, she can play your podcast, Chad, and she can go, <laughs> no, look at what Chad said. Look at what the leader, the spiritual leader in my life yeah. says about me. Yeah. You know? So I love that so much, Chad. I think that is so cool. Heidi, I was cracking up the other day because, I don't know, it was a past podcast. We talked about how uh, Lisa Bevere had said that what bothered her, the little things that bothered her, you know, 10 years into marriage, 30 years into marriage, she just thought they were cute, things that her husband John had done. (laughs) And so I had made the comment that, you know, maybe I'm almost 20 years into marriage, so maybe in 10 years I would think all those things were cute. Yeah. Just making conversation, right? Like, so my husband Chris was like, so what are the things? (laughs) And he asked me like five times, and I said, no, truly, babe, I was just making conversation, thought it was hilarious. <laughs> he was so worried about what those things were. That is hilarious. Yeah. That is fun. So, Chad, what is your favorite date night with Abby? Well, um, so we are pretty boring most of the time. Um, it usually looks like dinner and a movie, but um, lately um, we've done more interactive stuff. Uh, we have a, a couple of, well, here we have like, I don't know, 12 escape rooms within – 10 miles of us and escape rooms are just something we kind of enjoy doing together. Mostly it's me. And I think she's, she's, uh, kind enough to do with me, but those are fun and interactive. But uh, I think mostly we enjoy dinner together and we enjoy just being able to get away and, uh, sit and talk. And, uh, you know, we, we grab lunch from time to time throughout the week. Uh, 
she's really good at planning things and I'm really poor at planning things. So mm. if I'm planning something, I have to be, I have to actually put it in my schedule to think about doing it. Mm. Um, I have to be proactive about doing it. Um, but, uh, we also like taking trips together and that's probably been, um, the, the sweetest moments for us is getting away the two of us and taking trips, um, you know, out to Oregon. We, we did once in Maine a couple of years ago and those have been really sweet. Oh, I love that. I, I think every couple needs to take trips together. I think so often we um, think, you know, well, kids and we can't leave our kids. I think you can't afford not to leave your kids yeah. and go take a trip with your spouse because your kids are going to leave you, you know, in 18, 20 years, like unless they decide to move back in as adults. But that's a whole nother story. <laughs> but, like you got you got to You got to invest in your spouse. Right. Even when your kids are little, your kids will be fine. And they'll probably yeah. like you better when you get back because you're like novel again. Yeah. The mom and dad are around. Yeah. Okay. So I have a question about these escape rooms because we did one one time, our, uh, our leadership team at the church, and we were awful. We didn't get out. Uh, I have not gotten out sometimes and we've gotten out sometimes. So it's been a mix. But, okay. Uh, okay. But do, we, you go, do you go with large groups or just you and Abby? Well, we've done both. Um, in fact, uh, one of those team building uh, events for work one time, I talked them into doing it. Um, so it, it's been large groups, and then sometimes it's small groups. Sometimes you get paired with people you don't know, mm-hmm. uh, which is fun, too. It's unique to, to see the, how the dynamic works. Um, I, uh, yeah, it's, it's fun to see who talks the most and who digs in the most, who feels, uh, who feels like they need to do puzzles with somebody else and who'd rather do puzzles all by themselves. Um, <laughs> Who, who sees visual puzzles and who would prefer number puzzles. It's all, it's all kind of interesting to watch, especially watch other people. Um, and then it's, it's just fun to, I just, I like puzzles and my wife likes board games, maybe not puzzles as much as I do. So, but she, she digs in and she does the puzzles that she gets, I wouldn't get. So it's, it's cool to see how that works too. See Chad, I feel like when I was in the escape room, well, number one, I had an infant. So and she was needing to, to eat. And it was a rather small escape room with a large amount of people in it. So I was feeling a little uneasy about the fact that we were still locked in this escape room. <laughs> but I mostly was feeling like, I just wish I had a latte right now. <laughs> you know, like, I need a beverage. <laughs> Where's the wine? <laughs> That's I, all I, I, I could think about. for everybody. I think we did. <laughs> You know, we did it for work. Uh, a lot of us are type A fellows, but most of them, I would say, weren't as weren't as thrilled with the experience as I am. So <laughs> I can see it. I can see it both directions. Are you type A? Uh, I said that. I, I guess I'm not sure. I mean, type A uh, as much as just people that opinionated can, you know, and loud. Yeah, opinionated. We you know we yeah. uh, we work pretty autonomously in yeah. most cases. Um, but uh, I work with a lot of type A guys, and I don't think I'm type A. I'm, yeah. Uh, yeah. See, I think that was but, our problem. We had too many people that wanted to be in charge, and that just doesn't work well because then you're just competing with each other. So yeah, we'll sure. have to go back and try it again. <laughs> well, Chad, when you come back and visit again, we'll take you to the escape room, and we will learn from you. You can get us out. Oh, that great. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so talk to me a little bit um, about kind of your, your childhood. Let's Let's go there for a little bit. Talk to me about just – what you shared with me at my parents' pool that day about how you ended up meeting Jesus and kind of what that experience was like for you. Uh, yeah. Um, so when, uh, 
parents knew the Lord growing up at all. Hmm. Um, I, I would say that they believed that a God existed there, but they they weren't active in trying to figure out who that was or, or particularly care at all. Hmm. Um, and uh, when I was uh, somewhere between sixth grade and seventh grade year, uh, I was at a I was at a strange place uh, to to give a little backstory. Um, my, my parents went out a lot. Uh, they would be out three, four, five times a week. By the way, they were really awesome parents, so I don't want to, to frame this any other way. But uh, they went out a lot. And so as a young, almost teenager, I was just lonely. Um, I didn't have uh, friends that were really close. Um, you know, And if we were, we played video games and stuff. And so I think I was just lonely, looking for something more. Um, but so happened um, that we were uh, riding bicycles out and about in our neighborhood, and uh, the pastor of a church that's close by, um, a real small church called Fellowship Baptist, um, had about 70 people on a Sunday, 75 people on a Sunday back then. Uh, The pastor was riding uh, his bicycle out and stopped a group of us and invited us to a YMCA lock-in. Wow. And uh, so so me and two other friends went to this YMCA lock-in, you know, a couple of weekends later. And uh, I really don't remember the night that much, um, a couple of things, but, but it was just, doesn't seem to be like it was really that exciting. Uh, but we went to, or that we were invited to go to a church that following Wednesday for their, their teen group. And uh, I went, uh, neither of my other friends went, but I, I felt, um, just looking back, uh, I felt like I wanted to go and wanted to, to see, see more of this. Um, I don't even have words for it because I, uh, I truly don't remember what was redeeming about the experience except for um, I just kept getting pulled in. And so mm. I went that Wednesday and found out that there was nobody that went to my school there. Mm. Um, in fact, everybody was homeschooled. Uh, there's no offense to be made there. Uh, <laughs> no, and, uh, and nobody was my age. So really, <laughs> there was just, I mean, uh, just on the surface socially, there was just no particular reason to go or, or continue to go. But for every, whatever reason, the Lord just kept taking me. So every Wednesday night, um, I went to youth group. And mm-hmm. uh, at some point, my parents kind of liked that we did that because I started taking my younger sister. And uh, the two of us would go every Wednesday night, and we'd be gone for a few hours, and, and my parents didn't have to worry about us. And uh, the church was uh, basically in the backyard of the house across the street from us, so we would walk to church. Um, and, uh, you know, within a couple of years, we started uh, we started going to church on Sundays, and uh, we would walk through, you know, it'd be snowing in Illinois, um, central Illinois, it'd be snowing, and we'd be walking across this big field, and, you know, they'd always comment about how they could, later in life, they commented about how they could see our, our uh, trail, our path, you know, in the field of us walking to church. Wow. But uh, in, in that time, there was really some, some, some fellows that uh, built into me, and um, uh, in that loneliness, I, you know, they really just helped me see that um, God loved me and that he wanted it to be near, uh, and that I didn't need to feel lonely, that he was always there, really. And uh, and in that time, at some point in that time, I, I came to a saving knowledge and uh, realized that Christ died for my sins, and that that was something that I didn't have to earn, um, although I would struggle with that idea for a very long time, but that uh, he gave that to me freely. And, uh, yeah, so that was probably about my freshman year of high school when I think that happened. It was not one moment, but probably a series process of, of many moments. Well, I'm so encouraged by the fact that that pastor stopped mm-hmm. and invited you guys to an event. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I mean, what, 
what a powerful conversation that literally changed the course of your eternity and possibly your children's sorry to interrupt no go i i uh i was at church this is when we lived in phoenix and uh, it occurred to me that i don't remember them doing another ymca lock-in and so i actually called him that sunday um after church and asked how many ymca lock-ins they did and they just did one and uh and really (laughs) the only fruit that came from that was was that i started going to the church and and uh and ultimately my sister got saved at the same church um and uh, my parents ended up being saved at the exact same church. It, it took a little longer for each of them. Um, but ultimately, all four of us got baptized by the same pastor at the same church, which is pretty amazing. Chet, I have, I have Jesus chills head to toe right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Because of the power of that invitation. Well, and I love, too, that the Bible talks so much about that, you know, that God's promises and God's blessing over us isn't just for us. It's for a thousand generations. Yes. And so to think about the fact that a thousand generations from you, from your family could be affected because of this one YMC lock-in. And that is just, man, that, that is only God, the power of the Holy Spirit. That's, that's pretty amazing. And how convicting when you're out and about and you have that prick from the Holy Spirit to approach somebody or invite them to church and you think, oh, they're not going to come. How unlikely that they would listen to a stranger, you know, and you, I sometimes dismiss it. Yeah. And to think of the impact. Yeah. But then on the flip side to go, okay, if I, if I'm obedient, I might end up with a Chad Turner telling yeah. his story, you know, how many decades later yeah. about the power of that invitation. Yeah. That's so good. Wow. Well, and I also think it points to the fact that success doesn't always look like a large number or yeah. a large amount of people. You know, it. I think sometimes we limit the God doing something to what we can achieve because we have all of these people that follow us or we have a large church or we have a large event. And really, this was about you. This yes. was about one person. And so that ordinary act, you know, which turned into an extraordinary um, outcome for you and your family, it really is just about that, that act of obedience. And that, I mean, that's measurable success right there. Yeah, that's great. So Chad, as we get ready to wrap up here in a little bit, I'm, I would like to know, so you were raised a non-believer in your early years, then you meet Jesus, but now you are generation one raising your children to know Jesus which is such a powerful thought to think that you get to shift that tide. Um, so what's your greatest hope for your children's lives spiritually? Good question. Well, uh, obviously I would love for them to come to a saving knowledge. Um, and I think, you know, for at least the conviction that's on my heart is for that to be seen through um, how Abby and I passionately love the Lord. Mm. I think, it's uh, very little about the rules that we set or, or even the experience of going to church, but, but more seeing how we, um, beyond just um, beyond just words, um, but passionately uh, see us uh, loving the Lord and, and, um, and being obedient in that. Um, but I think more for them spiritually, I, I want them to, uh, for me, and I, I hinted at it, I guess, just a second ago, for me, um, 
I struggled with thinking I needed to earn God's love, um, that, that ultimately he was a disappointed father and that I needed to uh, perform well for him or else he would show his disappointment. And, um, and I, I want that to be different for them. Um, and part of that maybe being just my father, but I think more than, more than that, letting them know that, uh, that the Lord loves them unconditionally and that mm-hmm. the Lord uh, desires them individually uh, apart from what they do or don't do. And, um, and so uh, I, I'd like to see them um, not just come to know the Lord, but come to know him um, in a really free way, mm-hmm. um, differently than, than, what I, uh, than what I did, at least in my first 10 years or so. Mm. Wow, that is so powerful. I have been thinking a lot recently about this whole mindset of that I really feel like the church, um, I don't know if I can put a time frame on it, but, but my parents' generation for sure, and maybe some of my generation, this mindset that they've had about the depravity of man and the focus that has been put on that. And yes, that is obviously a very real and a very... Um, a true thing when we look at our sin compared to our savior. But the focus has been so much on that that I think we've lost. And you said it, the freedom, Mm. the freedom we have and the way our heavenly father adores us. And it doesn't mean we, it doesn't mean we're free to do whatever we want. It actually is a higher calling. It's a higher standard because we, we choose to walk in obedience because we serve Jesus and because we desire to choose him. And so instead of having that mindset of being this, you know, oh, we're, we're so low and we're sinners and we have no hope saying, but I, I am a son and a daughter of the king and Mm. he, he has lavished his love on me. And, um, I mean, you can easily swing the pendulum both ways, obviously. Um, but I think you just, you nailed it when you said, I think of fathers that I know that love their children so deeply, and you can hear it in their voices when they talk about them. Um, it doesn't mean they don't discipline them and it doesn't mean they don't expect their children to follow the path that they've set out for them when they're, when they're young and and obey the rules, but you see the adoration in their eyes and that man, we've lost that about how God feels about us. So well said that that's really beautiful. Yeah. Thanks. Well, Chad, I am, I'm just excited for you and Abby as you get to step into your third child coming onto earth to be with you guys. And did, did I hear that correctly? You said it's a son. Yep, that's right. Okay. Yep. Well, congratulations on your second Thank you. son. Um, you know, I just, I think there is something so very powerful about the way we view God the Father when we become earthly parents. Mm-hmm. And not that parenting is the only way we can get there. But I know for me, when I became a parent, um, I realized, I think for the first time, truly how much God the Father loved me because I could understand how much I loved my children. And so, um, Chad, that's just my prayer for your family as your son is born on in here just a few days um, and for your daughter, just that they would see your example. They mm-hmm. would see Abby's example. And because of you guys being the face of Jesus to them, that they would be children, they would be people that hear the voice of God mm-hmm. and that... Um, you know, they end up being those people that create life change mm-hmm. for eternity. Set up their own stones. Yes. Set up their own stones um, in in honor of your, your first son 
in honor of your marriage that reflects so beautifully the relationship of Jesus and the bride and just in honor of who Jesus is and what he's done for us. So yeah, I'm just praying extreme favor over you guys as you step into this new season of going from, you know, a family of three to, um, really a family of five, Mm -hmm. but, um, that God would just have his hand all over you guys, that you guys would just be dripping in the promises of God Mm -hmm. and that people around you would go, man, have you noticed Chad and Abby? Have you Mm -hmm. seen the glory of God on them? Because Mm -hmm. I believe that it is resting on you. Mm -hmm. And I believe that it's about ready to become even more as Mm -hmm. you guys step into this new season. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Heidi. Okay, so I do have one last question, and this one, I, you know, I want you to, you've been so honest and so vulnerable already. What would you say to the, the guy out there, the ordinary guy who might be just like yourself, but he feels so unqualified? He feels like he's not an adequate leader for his family. Maybe he feels like he doesn't um, know how to have an intimate relationship with Jesus. What, can you give him some advice? Because there's so many of them out there. Sure. I, I think ultimately, um, we actually get a, a we get a look at a lot of men in the Bible that that didn't have a ton of skills, um, or so it seemed, um, but that the Spirit was so powerful and strong inside of them, mm-hmm. uh, and that oftentimes um, we're not called to be um, something extraordinary. And said, instead, we're 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 just called to be really faithful in those ordinary times, um, in the times where. You know, we, we can um, learn to be proactive about loving our wives and, and learn to be proactive about um, about digging in and loving on our kids. Um, you know, for, for me at least, it looks a lot about um, making, um, making rules and sticking to them. So for Arya, uh, for whatever reason inside of me, I want to tell her no too often. I'm not sure why, um, but I've made a rule that I just tell her yes, unless <laughs> it's something that she shouldn't do. So if... If we're at church, this happened the other day, and she says, Daddy, will you play Duck, Duck, Goose with us? And it's seven kids, and they're all sitting on the floor. I say yes, and we sit down, and we play Duck, Duck, Goose. Wow. Um, I just try to say yes um, to her and, and to my wife. Um, it's about scheduling, and it's about being proactive. And, um, and, and the spirit's strong in that when we just stop being passive. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I mean, that is my greatest sin. You know, we want to say suffer all the time, but you did a good job earlier, Heidi, of saying sin. It is sin. My, the sin of passivity is, I think, uh, something that's common to many men, and um, that's overcome not by um, us as fellows about, you know, trying to white-knuckle it. It's it's really just about letting the Lord work through us and uh, and relying on His strength to do that um, and just to be active in the, in the little things and not worry about the big picture as much. Uh, but just be active and faithful in those small, ordinary ways. And I think that's when we see extraordinary things happen. Okay, well, on that note... (laughs) You might be a salesman by trade, but I think you're a preacher by calling. (laughs) Wow. If you ever find yourself back in central Illinois, uh, you have my number, you call me, and we'll put you on stage at our church, and you can come give that message. How about that? Uh, I don't know about that. (laughs) No, that was, I mean, that was so well said. Um, and that's, I mean, we, we sprung that on you last second here, but just, I mean, Chad, the, the, just what you just said, the presence of God was so heavy on that Mm -hmm. statement. And so listeners 
rewind Mm -hmm. the podcast Mm -hmm. and listen to that last few sentences again, because there was so much truth in that. There was so much wisdom in that. And um, that was a word from the Holy Spirit for you right now listening. Well, Chad, thank you so much for being willing to come on here and be vulnerable and share your story and just say a lot of things that we all need to hear. And men especially, you know, we'll just, I know we'll feel encouraged. Um, So thank you so much for doing that. Yep. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Heather, I am loving this man series. Yeah. This series for men. I think what Chad just said about God not calling us to extraordinary measures, just being faithful in our ordinary lives. I mean, he could not have summed it up more beautifully. And it's the whole point. It's for all of us. I mean, I know so many women, I know myself, I need to hear that. I need to be reminded of that. But yeah, I look at the men in my life and I know they need to hear that too. It's not, it's not just for men. It's not just for women. It's for all of us. And it really, it's the point of the gospel, right? It's the point that Jesus came to redeem all of us, to give all of us freedom and not for us to strive towards something, but to rest in the freedom that he has given us. Yeah. So powerful. So listeners, thank you for joining us for this show. We hope that you have been encouraged by Chad. If you have any questions, please reach out to us. If he's said something that you know you need help with or you need prayer about or you need advice in, shoot us a message and we can get that information to him. Mm-hmm. And um, we just our heart is to connect people and to create community. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing God use some really, really incredible people that have come on and get as guests to encourage complete strangers. And I, I would say too, if you're a man and you don't want to talk with chicks, which is totally fine. Yes. We're, we're cool with that. Yeah. Um, reach out to us anyway and we'll connect you with some men who you will relate with. Because yeah. we have a lot of men in our lives that we're able to um, really honestly give you their contact information and say like, hey, these are great guys and they can walk with you through this. I know, man, that's a big ask and that'll take your pride like being set aside. But if you are someone who doesn't have that kind of a guy in your life, let us know and we'll help you find someone. Well, I love how Chad, he mentioned a couple times that they sought out community and that's what this really is. So we hope you're having a great day. Share this episode with a guy in your life or a girl in your life that needs to hear this wisdom. So have a great day. We'll chat to you next time.